Welcome to Heartspeak Podcast, episode 271. There is only here and now. Welcome to the Heartspeak Podcast, where valuable insights are shared that bypass the mind and resonate with the heart. Listen, open your heart, become inspired, find the joy and fulfillment that awaits when you follow your heart. And now, here's your host, Dr. Christine Page. Well, hello there, wherever you're in the world. It's good to be back with you. And I hope you've taken my advice and are having some restful times between the very active and dynamic November and going to be an interesting 2024. During November, there was a lot of downloading of information, partially from the center of the Earth, from the center of the galaxy, from the universe, all these photonic waves of energy reaching us due to our weakened magnetic field. And you may have felt disturbed by all this energy. Sleep, nervous system may be agitated, funny feelings up and down your spine, tingling, disturbances to your heart rate. Just recognize that this is the upgrading that's happening. Our inner computer is being upgraded and our body, our poor body is trying to catch up with it. So it will experience these changes. Sometimes we need to rest. Sometimes we need to root that energy, send some of the excess energy back to Mother Earth. Thank you very much. And sometimes we just need to shake it off, like we shake off energy, maybe through when someone says, did someone walk over your grave? Have you ever had that experience where you have a shiver? Maybe like a dog shaking water off when it's been into a lake. So just know that there are different ways in which we need to integrate energy. And maybe that's to, to recognize this input that's coming into your body and you need to do something with it. And sometimes we have to shake off the excess. But sitting in it is not necessarily comfortable or necessarily the right thing to do. Now, there's a lot happening in the skies as well. And as I say, inside us all. And what's happening as I'm seeing it is that we are releasing our old ways of being primarily because new ways of being are being presented to us. Now, you may not say, ah, yes, I see that new way, but it's almost as if you've been living in a tiny room and all of a sudden all the walls have fallen away and you went, wow, is that what's out there? I've been living in this little room. And this is being enhanced by the fact that Neptune at last is going forward again from the 6th of this month. And Neptune in Pisces is saying there is an unlimited potential for you waiting. And that's really the place we're in. Everything is coming to us now, almost on overload. So much information, so many possibilities. And what we're being given is a choice. Where do we want to go with this? What do we want? And just as we may say someone who's been living in a small room is being living in the darkness, all of a sudden this light is coming into us. Don't be scared of the light. It's your natural state. It's what you've been waiting for. It's just different from living in perhaps a, a rather dimly lit room for so long. So this light that's coming in, this photonic light, this cosmic light, is really reminding us 
that we are amazing spiritual human beings. And I want to talk about two people I've been listening to. One is Nancy Rebecca that I heard with Pam Gregory, and then I listened to Daryl Anker, who channels Bashar in an interview. And both of them really spoke about we are entering an age of information. We're entering an age of consciousness. We're entering an age where we are now have access to information that we thought was only available to the few. This is really the meaning of the word apocalypse. And so what Daryl Anker says through, or Bashar says through Daryl Anker, is we are now becoming fully human. What? <laughs> Some of you may say, did she get that wrong? No. We are only now becoming fully human. And that means, the word human means to be a creative being. And so we are now embodying the power of creation that before we didn't really think was there for us. Other people did it, or the gods created the world. But to be a fully embodied human being is to be this amazing creative being. And it was Dalanka through Bashar, Bashar through Dalanka was saying, we need to understand consciousness for what it is. And this really says we have to go to quantum physics. And I've loved quantum physics for a very long time. Even though the quanta, the pieces get smaller and smaller, a quantum particle is getting smaller and smaller. That to me is all irrelevant. It doesn't matter how many small pieces. It's really, what does this mean? It means in the beginning is the dot or the point of singularity. The zero point, people have different names for this. And sometimes it's allied to a black hole where everything is absorbed into that black hole. There is no volume. There is no dimension. So your dot can be just this undimensional place where no thing exists and everything exists. And Professor Bohm talked about this as the quantum plenum, the plenum meaning fullness. So people say, oh, it's a vacuum. No, it's a, a fullness. Everything exists in that dot. And that dot was the reason they talk about the Big Bang, that suddenly there was this bang and everything started to evolve from that dot, expand from that dot. And we understand our universe is constantly evolving and expanding just as our galaxy is, et cetera, et cetera, as we are. But when we look at it that way, as, as Dalanka, I'm going to say, says, this is the here and now. There is no time and space. That's a human illusion or a way in which we understand our reality by placing time and space on it. But ultimately, there is only here and now. And what he's saying is that we are becoming more conscious that by making a choice to live in the here and now, and I've started saying to myself, here and now, Christine, here and now, not, not wandering off into the future, wandering back to the past. In the here and now, we understand that everything can evolve from that place, but it also returns to that place. 
So what am I saying here is he says that the reason so many things are happening on this planet at this time and we have the information to know about them, in other words, 100 years ago, we didn't have the ability to see what was happening on the other side of the world. But this information explosion has allowed us now to say all of this is happening. It's as if someone is now saying, okay, there you go. That's what's, what's your potential of your collective consciousness. Everything that has ever been done or ever will be done is, is being presented to us. And again, I'm trying not to get into the here and out of the here and now into the past and future. But every potential of human creative endeavors is being presented to us. Some of us may think that some of those parts are, uh, are not ways we would want to go, other ways other people would not want to go another way. Again, it's not about right and wrong, it's just choice. What he says, you can only make that choice when you understand that everything exists in the here and now. And from that here and now, we can make choices. And what he's saying is that this then ties into what we might call a past life, a future life, but really, they're just parallel choices. They're like, okay, if I went that way, that would happen. If I went that way, that would happen. And all these so-called parallel lives are happening at one time. And again, don't worry about whether or not you are living in one of those. But if you can remember something or you say, wow, there's a kind of deja vu about that. It's almost like you're leaking energy into a parallel life. Or if you relate to something in the past, so-called past in our history, you're leaking again energy a little bit into that other life. It's not who you are. It's just like, oh, I can resonate with that. Oh, I can resonate with that. Hope that makes sense. It doesn't mean you are that person. It's just that there's a part of you that resonates with the qualities of someone you might admire or something you might have done in a past life. It's not necessarily who you are. It's just a choice. And what he's suggesting is that being fully human is understanding that, and I'm going to put a figure on it, 90% of us is actually existing already in spirit. We're not needing to become more spiritual. We need to become more human, which is the combination of the two. So 90% of us is already existing in the spirit world, close to or in the here and now. And we might call that part of us the higher self or the higher mind. So 90% of us is observing the actions of the 10% of us that's having this physical experience and saying, wow, <laughs> look what she does when she thinks that. So we don't have to become more spiritual. We have to understand this, this deep connection that is driving our physical reality. Now, what I would call the ability to make that connection is intuition. The ability to hear our higher mind speak to us, to be directed by our higher mind. And of course, I often offer the suggestions like, you know, ask your higher mind, close all the doors, not in harmony with my soul, or if I'm not meant to be doing this. In other words, there are many ways in which 
we can ask the higher mind to not necessarily intervene, but encourage us to walk in a in a, a path that's more in line with our higher self. Our minor challenge, and I'm going to say it's a minor challenge, is the little mind, 10% mind, who says, I don't want to listen to that. I'm going to just keep doing what I'm doing because there's this sort of juiciness involved, as I talked about before. I know I, I, know I hate feeling this way, but oh, it's so familiar. And I think that what's happening at this time, that part of us that has been kind of quietened and allowing that 10% to have its little day, day in, in the, the spotlight, that 90% is now becoming stronger and stronger. So all these waves of energy coming into our planet are really saying, no, you will hear me. Now, it doesn't mean you're going to do what your higher mind says, but you can't now avoid it as much as we used to be able to. So it's coming in our dreams, it's coming in different formats, and we're going, you know, <laughs> I keep getting the impression I should perhaps do something different. <laughs> it, again, no blame. <laughs> it's just a case that the impression is there. Now, beyond our own higher mind is a collective higher mind, or uh, you could say a galactic higher mind, or a cosmic higher mind, wherever you want. And so this is where we might get inspiration coming in that's even further than our higher mind, if I want to put it in that way, but not hierarchical. But our higher mind is also listening, is also intuitively listening. And what then happens is that sort of a wave of information comes in and we say, wow, I've just had this idea to do this. And it's always been my impression that that wave may reach 100 people but only one or two will take up the idea because the others are busy or don't want to do it. So it's not like it's only coming to you. And what's so fascinating is we end up with people talking the same language. I find that fascinating. And I go, wow, that person's talking about dragons and whales. And I was talking about dragons and whales. And all of a sudden you realize that you're all feeding or being tapped into or in inspired by this same cosmic idea that's wakening us up <laughs> but uh, as i always said i think the universe doesn't just rely on one or two people it says let's shower a hundred people with this because <laughs> maybe one of them will do it that's why we hear these words going about that you say wow how did that happen that we're all talking the same language so we have this lovely flow where we are becoming fully embodied human beings understanding that it is our higher mind feeding through our inner mind. And I'll talk about the brain in this point, but really it's just consciousness. And the consciousness that is really most important if we're going to talk about the brain are the gamma brain waves. And they resonate at about 40 to 100 hertz compared with the alpha and the beta, beta and the delta, which are much lower in their hertz. And I've always been fascinated more by the gamma than those others, because the gamma to me is this holographic mind where literally there's a wave of energy that crosses across the brain. And that gamma wavelength is tapping into the higher mind. 
So it's not necessarily isolated in one part of the brain, if you understand. Just as I was speaking about, it's hard to know where our memories are stored. Again, it's a holographic mind. But don't worry about that. It's really saying is that when we allow ourselves to open our minds, and literally, if you want to see waves of energy going over your brain, but we, it's not just a meditative state. It's an open heart, open mind area. And when that happens, it's our most inspirational moments. For many of you, gamma is really present in your brainwave patterns. And as Daryl Anker says, you know, channeling is not something that's unique to one or two people. It's happening all the time. In fact, channeling is just a communication between your higher self, your higher mind, and this, your mind through these gamma frequencies. And there's a lot of different things that, that actually stimulate that, those gamma frequencies, such as symbolism, such as colors, such as sounds. So what you're looking for is how do I work with higher frequencies that will actually allow me to enter that space. And it's not out of your mind, it's literally being expanded in the mind. So when I was listening to Nancy Rebecca being interviewed by Pam Gregory, that was one of her pieces of information was we are moving into an information era, but again, not the sort of information we get on our phones, or website, we are literally being able to tap into the source of all information, what I call the cosmic Akashic records. And we don't necessarily need to do it through someone else. It's we have access to it. Now, when it appears, it may not appear in ways that we say, oh, I totally understand this. We may see it in shapes or colors or just a one or two symbols. And we may hear it in our dreams and then we go like, oh, I woke up and I can't remember what I heard. <laughs> but it's downloaded, it's there. And as Joan Ocean speaks about speaking with the dolphins and whales, she says often there's one symbol that will come and you're like, what's that mean? And then all of a sudden, once you understand that one symbol, the universe sends you more of that symbol or expands on that symbol because they know that you've now anchored that one symbol into your brain and will understand. So we have this amazing wave of information that's come through as Nancy Rebecca talks about these, as she connects with the blue people, she speaks about these activation periods that took place during November. And she says it will take three years for it all to be downloaded and integrated. So don't rush, you didn't miss anything. But it was interesting that she spoke about the whales and the dragons as I was doing new, through November. And what I see is the whales are the carriers of that Akashic history. They are the ones that really can tap into that information. Once again, try not to see it as a whale as you might see it in the notion, but more a whale consciousness, a whale energy. The gift of that whale is to have access to all that consciousness. And then what the whales do is they, they sound into the water and we then drink the water with this new vibration in it. 
So that's the real realms of the whales. The dolphins, if I may say, are helping us to move between the dimensions so we don't get stuck in one dimension. So their joyfulness that we often describe in dolphin language is that ability to rise into another dimension through joy, through enjoyment. And then the dragon energy, what I've come to understand, is really the midwife helping us to take an idea from that point of singularity in the center of the earth, the center of our hearts, and, and then transform it into something that we call reality, and then take it the opposite direction. So dragon is also seen as the, the destroyer, but the destroyer is breaking down our reality or our, our particle formation, bringing it back into the wave. So we're working with all these different energies at this time, and I hope that excites you. We have the help of what's going on in the sky. We have, as I say, Neptune turning direct. We have Sagittarian moon and sun coming together on the 13th in a new moon. We have Mars in Sagittarius. So a lot about the truth, but the truth isn't just, you know, one person's view against another. It's really about the truth of who we are. Who am I? And I know that's a question we all ask, who am I? But it's not who am I, it's what choices am I making that will express myself in the outer world? And when we express it in the outer world, we then see who we are. We don't know who we are until we see the expression of it. So holding it in our heads or wondering about who we are actually doesn't get us anywhere. So whatever inspiration you pick up, anything that you say, oh, I'm going to go and do that, do it. Because once you've done it, it's not what you do, it's how you know yourself through that action. That's making sense. And so when we go back to that point of singularity, as Bashar says, there is no past and future. The idea of entanglement means there is no past and future. It's all happening once. And this is what we know about the spirit world, that you know, when people pass over into the spirit world or people come back after a near-death experience, they say, every time I thought of something, it was immediately happened. So when you think of a loved one who's in spirit, they're immediately with you. Now, they might not be there with you, but a part of their, a parallel life of them or a spark of their consciousness is with you, makes that connection. That's what it's about. So you think something, it happens, synchronicities. And even though you say, oh, I don't have any synchronicities, often what we consider a synchronicity is something positive. I'm sure all of us have had times we say, I hope I don't meet that person and we meet them. <laughs> so, you know, synchronicities come in all form, but literally these so-called miracles are happening all the time. It's just that we don't always recognize them as such. So he talks about the fact that if we come from the here and now, there is no past and there is no future. But he also interestingly talks about how we can, how we are changing our past all the time. And that was fascinating because you want to believe that your past is set in stone. But what happens is as we change our perception of life, as we change our beliefs, so does our past change. Now, you might say, well, if I went back there, well, no, it doesn't exist anymore. You literally have changed it by changing your beliefs. And what they've seen 
is that when someone uh, had was asked about their future, this was an experiment they did, they wrote down what their thought future was meant to be. And then, you know, 10 years later, someone asked them, well, how did that work out? And they told how their life had worked out. But interestingly, even though they may have written down their future as being potentially like this, they literally forgot that they'd seen it like that. In other words, as they evolved and they, their future evolved and their predictions of what they thought that was going to be like changed. So if you think back to your past, sometimes we can't even remember it, can we? And you might say, I don't remember that past. It's almost like there's nothing left in that story anymore. If there is something left in the story and you can still, I, I remember that day, then there's something there you still need to own and learn about that situation so you can move on. And there was an experiment I remember that was done where the researchers who were healers took two piles of notes from medical records of people who had gone through some, had been in hospital, had had a health urgent emergency, let's say 20 years previously. And they divided these notes into two and they said to one group of healers, right, this, I want you to heal this group of notes. I don't want you to look at the person. I don't want you to see what's in there. Just take the notes, send healing to those notes. And when they then opened, and the other set of notes weren't touched, they were just left. So when they went back and read the notes, they found that the notes that had been prayed for on or healed, those people 20 years ago had had a much better prognosis and outcome than the ones who had not had healing done to them. So then you have to ask, if they'd looked at the notes, Beforehand, would that have been the answer? Or did the present change the past, even in a set of notes? Of course, I don't know the answer to that. But the fact is, if you send healing to your past, then already the outcome from your past will be very different from what you believed it was when you were younger, etc. Okay? So my last piece on this is really how do we see this holographic world we live in? So here we are. We've got our higher self sending information into both our heart and, as I say, our cave of Brahma into our mind. And we then, through our sacral chakra, our lower dantian, we create a reality. You don't have to think of all those pieces. But basically our higher self, our higher mind, sends an idea into us that becomes transformed into a reality. And we then access the vibration of that reality as impulses. So here we are, we've done, we've, I don't know, made a beautiful cake and we're now eating that cake and we have sensations of both how it looks, how it tastes, how it feels, and all those nerve impulses, because that's all they are, return to our body, return to our mind, and our mind translates that, our brain translates that into knowledge that we already have. And so what we now understand that even very incomplete 
patterns, like only seeing a part of a circle we describe as a circle, or only hearing a little bit of a tune, we know the whole tune, or only tasting a little something, we know the whole taste. And this is because those impulses have same frequency of something we already know. Therefore, that sounds terribly exciting. Like, wow, clever old brain. But it also says that anything that we're experiencing, we're only experiencing as impulses being translated in our brain. Touching someone, touching, smelling something is literally just an impulse that's being translated. So we say, I feel. And it reminds me of The Matrix. If you haven't seen The Matrix, do go and see it. But Cypher in The Matrix, if you've seen the film, he's presented with this steak. And he says, even though I know that the taste and the smell of this steak is unreal, it's just impulses in my brain. After nine years of living in a different world, ignorance is bliss. I don't care if it's real or not. It tastes wonderful. And I think that's the key to this. This isn't about saying, okay, I'm just my brain. I don't have to experience anything. The joy of being on this planet is having that experience, is having that enjoyment, is having even some of the pain and suffering because it helps us to know who we are. But the fact of the matter is, there is only here and now. And just coming back to that message is saying, at this moment in time, we are experiencing a lot of impulses, a lot of impressions into our heart, soul, mind. And we're being able to see everything that's going on, like it or not. But as Bashar says, we are having this experience to actually make decisions. Is this a frequency I want to live with? This is a frequency I don't. How does this harmonize with my soul? And we're making choices now, both individually and collectively, to say that's not the way I want to go. This is not, this upsets me too much. I do not want to see this anymore. I will make changes that I will not only not see it, but I will make changes in my own beingness that this is not appropriate. And as we do that, we change the outer world because everything is just a reflection of what we believe and we think. And what Bashar says, there will come a time where you will not see or be in tune with people who have a different frequency. That's, of course, already happening. But he said, these choices are there at this time, like many doors are open to you. But there will come a time when the door, you won't even see the doors. And as he said, every few minutes, we are changing the world. In other words, in the last minutes that I've been talking with you, we've already lived together through many different realities of the world. But there will come a time where we will make choices as to which of, of Gaia's dreams do we want to live in? Which reality do we want to live in? And those choices are coming now, not from a place of trying to avoid or deny, but from a place of our higher mind connected to the cosmic mind saying, this is not a choice I want to manifest in reality anymore. And this may be something that you're experiencing. So 
I'm going to leave you with those thoughts. Come back to the here and now. And if it helps you, just keep saying, there is only here and now. There is only here and now. Because everything else is just a reflection, a story that you're creating. Staying in the here and now, making choices from that place, knowing that you have the choice to come back to the here and now, is how that we will constantly remind ourselves that we're here to be fully spiritualized human beings. Until next time. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the HeartSpeak Podcast with Dr. Christine Page. Please check out all HeartSpeak episodes in the podcast archive section on www.christinepage.com. HeartSpeak is also available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Tumblr, and now playing on Amazon Music and iHeartRadio. You can also watch the archive podcast on Christine's channel on YouTube and now on Rumble. Connect with Christine on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook group, The Great Mother Calling. Do share with family, friends, colleagues. Join us next time for another edition of Heartspeak.